Well, today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Thank you. I've had people say, well, I'm not a father, so I shouldn't be here. Well, someday you may be. You never can tell what you're going to be. Don't get mad at somebody else because there's something and you're not. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you start wearing them shoes, you'll realize it's a lot harder to be that than what you think. Uh, I, like, I like it, man. We had a good week. I, I tell you what, man, it messed me all up. Uh, Dr. Gipp uh, eats breakfast. He said he wanted breakfast and supper. Well, Dr. Peacock just wants lunch. So he gets out there like 1.30, 2 o'clock, which is okay. I don't mind breakfast or lunch, but boy, when you throw that supper in there at 4.20 or 4.50, then or 4.30, then all of a sudden, it messes up my nap. I mean, I didn't get a nap all last, last week. I'm just miserable, man. I mean, it's just, I'm still trying to catch up. And then, then I get home, I figured, okay, Thursday and Friday, or Thursday will be Bethy Day, because uh, she has her honeydew list, and it, it goes on for like three days. And so I thought I'd do all this stuff, and everything went wrong as I did it, so it turned into Thursday and Friday. And then things started working out, and then it turned into Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then it just, and then a couple other things came in there and had to do those too, and, and it just kept messing. The whole week was, was a revival week is what it was. That was a good week. So I, I enjoyed it. We had a lot of good comments about uh, the meeting uh, that helped people. Uh, that's what the meeting was. I told Dr. Gip that. Uh, when he called me and, and asked uh, if he would give us the meeting, I, I, I mean, I jumped right on it. Uh, because, and he still said we're, we're up for 2027, too. So uh, he said, don't worry. He said, Mike, if you're not here, if the rapture happens, he said, I'll preach for the next preacher. I said, okay, that's cool. So I don't know why I'm having him. If, he, if he's not saved, I'm trying to think of that, man. I said, why would, are you pre post? I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody else would be here, so you can have the whole building as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But uh, turn your Bibles to Genesis. Genesis chapter uh, 33. We're going to finish. We're going to finish this up today, man. You may not believe this, but we really will. You know what's important? <clears throat> Today's Father's Day. And I'm going to talk about a few things during morning service. But it's important to be very careful about what you do in life and who you do in life with when you run around with people. Uh, your friends speak volumes of you, uh, and a lot of people won't. Man, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to put this on. It's going on right now, man. You don't have to hit me with the sign or brick or anything else like that. <clears throat> but uh, your friends have to change. Uh, and uh, I had some people say, uh, they would talk and say, well, you know, uh, uh, well, a couple of people said they're trying to find a way back. Uh, you know what, brethren, there's no way back. You're already here. Uh, you know what you're trying to do is figure out how to live uh, as a Christian, how to be the Christian that you, you chose to be. Uh, and it takes a life to do that sometimes. And the devil will use all kinds of different things to get you to stop. Uh, and he'll use different people to get you to stop, and he'll bring old acquaintances back in. And he will bring things in your life that look good and smell good. They might even taste good. But when you start dissecting the things, there's a little bit more to it than what you think. Uh, and it comes up that way. And, and you've got to watch what happens. I learned a long time ago that, that uh, God gave me, number one, he gave me a Bible. Before he gave me anything, he gave me a Bible. He made sure that I had the Word of God sitting in my hands, that I knew what, what, how to live. Where I was going to get my answers from is out of this book. Not from the preacher, not from a church, not from a group of people, from the Bible. Now, when people say stuff, I listen to them all the time. And if I can find scripture to match it up and it works good for me, uh, and I can understand it, and I can see where I think the Lord's in it, the Holy Spirit's in it, I feel, I feel that that's the direction God wants me to go in, I'll go right down that path. 
But brethren, just because a preacher says something doesn't mean it's right. You ought to have your Bible in front of you to prove it. You ought to know, because this is, guess what? One of these days, you'll be standing before Jesus Christ. One of these days, you will be by yourself in front of him and have to give an account of your soul. Uh, and whatever he asks or whatever he does, and you hear people say stuff all the time, he's going to ask you what you did from the day you got saved to right now, and he's going to judge you in those things. And, and your rewards are based on some of those things. Uh, that's a healthy thing to know. So always struggling over here. You know, let go of this stinking, filthy world. This world has nothing to do with you anyways. Uh, it didn't want you then. It don't want you really now. It just wants to use you and abuse you until you're done. Genesis thirty-three fifteen. And Esau said, let me now leave uh, with thee some of the folks uh, that are with me. And he said, what needeth it? Let me find grace in thy sight, my, uh, uh, the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Mount Seir. Father, Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Thank you for the week that we had. Uh, Lord, I do pray the next thing coming up is camp, and I just pray that you would help us start preparing for that. Thank you for all the people in the church that do what they do for that. Uh, Lord, it's just a blessing. That they, it's a, Lord, we've got people that not just give their money, but they give of themselves. Uh, thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And Father, again, bless this morning. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jacob is sitting here. Uh, I started doing, uh, brother, I'll tell you what, Jacob, Jacob is an interesting character. I feel like I'm him half the time uh, because I'm always trying to connive and, and uh, weasel my way through things. And, and the Lord actually brings it to my face sometimes, and he, he beats me up on it. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so, I'm so sick of being a Jacob. And, uh, and the Lord says, yep, yep, but that's what you are. You're just a constant fight. Jacob, Jacob is sitting here. He told Esau. Uh, Esau said, hey, come. Esau, he gives Esau an uh, indication that he's going to go a certain way. Uh, and, and Esau is going to go back home to the south. And, and Jacob gives the indication in the previous verses that he's going to go that way. Esau wants to send some people to help protect him. And uh, Jacob don't want it. Well, Esau knows what's going on in the land. Uh, Esau has a real good idea what happened. Jacob knows. Jacob knows a lot of stuff. And uh, we know a lot of stuff, too. And Brethren, we allow this world and protection. Uh, I think our kids should have a freedom. Uh, they should have freedom up to a certain point, but there has to be some supervision, some watching. Otherwise, otherwise things go haywire. Uh, young people do not have the experience that somebody 50 has. Brother Dave said something one time, and it's, it's, it always is wrong with me. I keep it. He says, when you're 65, come back and talk to me. You know how few people I know right now that are 65 that I grew up in the Lord with? that are of that age, that I come up through. There's very few. Now, I've got other acquaintance of other people that's out there that's been there, like Dr. Gipp, he was here. He's 70-something years old. But I'm telling you, the, of everybody from the time I got saved, coming through churches all through that time till right now, there's very few of those people that's still around me. You know what that is? That something got them out. It just takes a little teeny-weeny thing. We had several people here this week that trying to figure out how to get back in. And I said, how do you mean get back in? You're already in. There ain't no getting in. You're here. The, the key is not messing up and getting out That's, and, and going all the way. Uh, you know, you get out there, man, and the devil gets in your head and says, oh, well, you're this and you're, no, I'm a child of the king. I'm always, do you ever tell yourself that? You, you need to tell yourself that all the time. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. Uh, I know, but you're a hosehead. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of the king, hosehead, child of the king. And one day he'll beat me all over, senseless all over the universe as a child of the king. I'm a son of God. I like, I got a message called, he said it, I didn't. It's about five or six of those things that he said that I was that, I didn't say that he said that. 
And you, those are promises. Those are, those are uh, 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 descriptive things about a, a born-again Bible believer or a born-again uh, Christian. And uh, the Bible believers are a totally different thing. But Esau, Esau says, let me leave. Let me leave some people to help you. And Jacob goes, oh, no, what needed it? Uh, Jacob turns down the offer of assistance knowing he was not going the way, uh, that way, and he urges Esau to, uh, to leave with all his men <coughs> so he could continue on as he wanted. You know that's the way a lot of us are? We, I said that a few minutes ago. People say, well, how do, how do I get back in? Exactly what do you want to do with Jesus Christ? You know, have you ever thought about that and stopped and answered that question? What am I? You know, some people, they're just quiet. In the back of their mind, the little, the little cogs and gears are all running. And, and they're all doing this because they want to really be down, down, way, way down. Not on the surface, but way, way down. And they want to be somewhere else doing something else. And, brother, that thing went away the day you got saved. Now, your old man is still there and you're still fighting that thing. But you got to look. I mean, there's all kinds of things. When I got saved, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't really like the world too much when I got saved. Before I got saved, I didn't like it too much. I don't like it even more after I got saved. And after watching it for 43 years and what it's done to some people, it's always that tug in here, and it's a fight, and this flesh is always trying to pull you back somewhere. Uh, the simple solution is, what, what did I do? What did, Esau, Jacob, got, got a wrestle with an angel. He's got a wife and family and everything else. He's been out there 20 years. Uh, the angels talked to him before he went, came back. The, the angel of the Lord talked to him when he came back. He wrestled with him, got a new name, got all this other stuff, and he's still fighting the flesh. And he could have told uh, Esau, look, I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. Esau would say, hey, I'll still send some people to help you get where you're going. I'm going to tell you why Jacob screwed up right here. And it cost him because of this screw up. And we do that so often because there's always something in the back of our mind. We're scheming or doing something to do something else other than what we should be doing. I like Dr. Gibb. He said a couple things, man. He said some really good things over the week, but a couple things stuck with me. One was in the 70s, 60s, and 70s, the heathen, that's the lost world, all they wanted to do was fun, 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 do all the fun stuff. Then the church, man, you could say they were evangelizing everything. The, the push of the church was to evangelize, 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 win souls, get out there and do work, missionaries, evangelists, all this stuff come out of that th stuff. Now... <clears throat> Today, the heathen are still the same way they were. Fun, 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 fun. And guess what? We picked up what they did. Now we're doing the same thing. Fun, 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 fun. I ain't got time for that because I got to do my fun, 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 fun stuff. Uh, brethren, we have been inundated by the world to do what the world says do. And you can't do what the world says do. You got to do what the Bible says do. And guess what? It's not a fun, 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 fun thing all the way. It is a glorious thing. It is an exciting thing. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I've, I've done this thing for 43 years. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been on this side a lot longer than that side. I wouldn't trade it for nothing, man. I'm telling you. That side has nothing. The problem is, young people, you don't know yet. And some old people don't know yet either. Because you've never experienced it on both sides in depth. So you're still thinking, I need this other side over here. I need this other side. It's, it's there. You go to Disneyland. I'll use Disneyland. I like Disneyland. I've been to Disney World and Disneyland. You say, well, you've been there. Yeah, but not when the queers were stinking there. I mean, not when you go down there and there's rainbow flags everywhere. Our sign out there says, only by pride come in contention. We did that on purpose. That's a pride sign. That's, pride is messed up. 
guess what they use? They tell you right off the bat, pride. Only by pride. Pride never does work out. You ever seen two people that's pride-filled get together? But they, first of all, they fight back and forth if they're not, uh, not uh, aggressive toward each other about who's going to talk more than the other one. Uh, two preachers are that way. I mean, two sailors are really that way. Uh, it's really bad. I mean, I hate to be around them. I don't mind being around Army, Air Force, Marines. You can overpower them quickly. But Except for Dave. I can't mean Dave. Dave but, but some of these guys, man, I'll get around saying, they want to tell their stories too, man. But, but you get somebody who's aggressive, and I'm telling you what, you, that's where wars start. Because they think they're right. But without this, how in the world could you even possibly know that you're even close to being right? You have to have this. This has to be interjected in there. Uh, just because you're, you're uh, today's Father's Day, just because you got kids, don't make you a father. If you do what the Bible says, that makes you a father. Well, I do what the Lord, uh, the world says. No, that doesn't make you a father. That just makes you a good, uh, uh, Andrew used to say it all the time, a, a, uh, a uh, what do they call it, some citizen, a good citizen or, or uh, something like that of the world. We're not that. Esau returned uh, that day on his way to Seir. So Esau takes off. Jacob convinces him to leave, and he does. It says, and Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built, him, uh, built a house uh, him a house and made booze for his cattle. Therefore, the name of the place is called Succoth. First mention of, of a patriarch living in a house, his first time a house was built or, or place to live, it's, it's, it's his uh, dwelling place. Verse 18, and Jacob came to Shechem, or Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. And he, uh, when he came from Padan Aram uh, and pitched his tent before the city, and he bought a, par uh, a parcel of the field uh, and see, now here, he's starting to mess up here. He's, he's someplace he's not supposed to be. He bought a parcel of field where he had uh, spread his tent at the hand of the children of, of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it uh, Elo, uh, El, uh, Elohim Israel. So, or Elohim Israel. So it, he starts doing this thing. Uh, the, the, that means God, uh, the God of, or that would be God or God of Israel, is what he's saying. So uh, you would say, oh, well, he's there, and he set up an altar. Look at that, man. He's got an altar, but he's in the wrong place. Uh, it's the wrong altar in the wrong place, and that's not what God told him to do. Uh, brother, you've got to watch what God tells you to do. Uh, God sometimes sends stuff in your way to keep you out of trouble. Uh, Jacob, uh, this is Jacob's way of fulfilling the promise which he made in Genesis 28, 2. <coughs> Go back to Genesis 28, 2 real quick. I think I got Sam's cold, Dr. Gibbs' cold. Or maybe I gave it to him and I just never got over it. He came in with it. He says, Arise, go to uh, pay Danaram to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father. And, 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 and he goes down at the very end of that. Uh, verse 20, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and, and will keep me, uh, in the way that I go, see, it's like here, brother. Uh, you know, uh, talking about prayer this week, and and uh, he's talking about the bullseye here, and what we're doing is shooting for that wall right there. That's Jacob's prayer right there. Jacob, Jacob, don't care one thing what God wants. You know, he should say, Lord, I like I like uh, Paul, man. Paul was a very ed educated man. He's uh, trained on the feet of Gamaliel. He knew the Old Testament like the back of his hand. He knew the words to say and how to say it. He was very politically correct. He knew exactly how to irritate people. He knew how to get you to say what he wanted you to say so he could lock you up and kill you. The moment he got knocked down on the road to Damascus and he knew who he was talking to, he said, what will thou have me to do, Lord? 
He stopped right there. He didn't say, oh, Lord, uh, I need to go apologize to all these Christians. I, can't. I need to go do that. I need to, Lord, I want you to bless. No, it, none of that stuff. He said, Lord, what would you have me do? You know what he did? He was this way looking at the bullseye, and that's where he was at. You know, when you're talking to the bullseye, and you know the bullseye is the Lord, you can't really say a whole lot about what you're supposed to do. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with him. And if you try to do what you want to do, guess what? You're doing it at that, that wall right there. That, he said a couple things this week if you caught it. Good stuff. Uh, good illustrations on what's going on. Jacob says, Jacob vowed a vow. If you vow a vow, you better watch what you do when you vow that vow. Uh, God's going to hold you accountable to it. Uh, I vowed a vow, and, and uh, sometimes it just wears me out. Man, this week wore me out, but I had to keep what I told him I was going to do. Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me. Well, if you're with me, I will, so that's a selfish thing. How can it, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Uh, me and Dr. Roman talked one time, and we were talking about the Holy Spirit. He goes, how can you get rid of the Holy You can't. The Holy Spirit's everywhere at one time. How are you going to not be with God? You're with him all the time. Whether you're in fellowship or not, it's irrelevant. He's always there. He's always present. Uh, if God will be with me and will keep me. So now you're putting a stipulation on it uh, in this way that I, I go. I'm going to go away. Whether it's right or wrong, don't care. But Lord, if you keep me. You know what Jacob's doing right here? He's going in a way he shouldn't go. And it's going to come back on him, and it's going to come back on him quick. You know why God gives you the story? So you can read it and not do what he did. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of the Bible. It's, it's really a simple book. I like it. I like Ezekiel. I'm reading through Ezekiel, and, and uh, I just finished Ezekiel. I'm in Daniel again. And uh, Ezekiel's the same way. Ezekiel tells them what not to do. And they'll come to hear, oh, let's go hear the word of God, but then not do it. I mean, and then it turns out bad, and everybody says, why did it turn out bad? You know, I've read the book Ezekiel a bunch of times, and it's always turned out the same way. You would think they would change, but they don't. The Lord, but you know what the Lord does? He gives me the opportunity to change. I can change. It has nothing to do with anybody else. <clears throat> so that I, he goes uh, the way that I go and will give me bread to eat. So you got to give me bread. You got to make sure I have raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Well, he's not at his father's house over here in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. So if he thinks I'm going to build an altar and this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of, of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give, thee, uh, give a tenth to thee. He's not where he needs to be. He's setting up an altar where it don't belong. And he thinks God's going to be in it. And he's not going to be in it. It's going to cost two boys their, their inheritance. That's what it's going to cost them. It's going to cost any other young lady her, her virginity. That's what it's going to cost. Because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. And you're running with the wrong people. If you're running with the wrong people, in a matter of time, it's going to cost you. Amen. You think it won't, but it will. At Brother Dave, is per, he'll tell you, man, I, I lived that life too, not, not like what he lived. Uh, but I never got to the jail part like he got to the jail part. But I was on my way. I mean, a couple more things and I'd have been there, right there with him. Uh, and, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, brother, where you don't think it, but it happens. And it happens in a blink of an eye. And, and you'll find yourself in the wrong... I had a police officer tell me one time, said, son, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you're perfectly right, but you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he locked me up. You say, why did he do that? Because he was told to do something, and I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. If I hadn't have been running with those people that I was running with, I'd have never been there. You know, my dad was the best drunk you ever seen in your life. He got drunk. He, he was an alcoholic. I mean, he was a full-fledged, 100% alcoholic. He wasn't just a drunk. I mean, he was an alcoholic. Uh, he, would, he would drink and black out, not even know what he's doing. 
Uh, he would sit there and be talking to you like a normal, everyday person. Uh, the next morning, he wouldn't even know you were there. He wouldn't even know anywhere. If he was someplace, he wouldn't even know he was there. I mean, that's how bad it was. Uh, what he tried to do was get me, when he started seeing me go down the path, I remember a couple times where he, he interjected himself into my life to get me to go away from that because he knew what it had done to him. This is before he trusted Jesus, but before he turned his life back over to Christ. He was already saved. I didn't know it then. You know what he was? That was my brother in Christ. All messed up because the world tore him up. And he's seen another young man going down the same path he was, and he said, you don't need to go down this path. And he'd call me off the side and straighten me out, and I'm like, man, I said, he actually cares. Uh, but, but why didn't you do that my whole life? After I, got, after I found out he was saved, I was really mad because I'm like, the whole time you knew that I was lost and you were saved, and you, he's a lousy father. You never told me about Jesus Christ one time. I could have died and went right to hell. Not one time. I had to tell him about Jesus Christ. And then, he, he, then I find out he's already saved and been that way for 30 years. Don't, don't do that. Man, don't let somebody guess what you are. Uh, get on the side and stay there, man. Guess what? You're going to mess up. Jacob messes up. I'm not saying Jacob's is over here. Esau turned. Jacob turned and went to Sukkoth. He comes here. Uh, this is Jacob's way of fulfilling the promise that he made to God back there, or he thinks it is. <clears throat> however, incomplete, however, incomplete obedience is involved. The tragedy is sure to follow. Uh, for God told Jacob to return to Bethel, the house of God. Jacob didn't do it. And although he does not name the place explicitly, it is obvious that he meant Bethel. <laughs> uh, for, for in Genesis 35.1, he is quite clear about instructions. I read through Hebrews, and it said... Uh, not forsaking the assembly, uh, you're assembling yourselves together. And you know one of the best, safest places for you is church? I mean, I come to church a lot of times right now. Not today. I'm okay today. But I come to church a lot of times feeling like I shouldn't preach, I shouldn't teach, I shouldn't do nothing. You know what I do? I preach and I teach. This is the safest place for me. There is no other place on the face of this planet that's safe like this place is. Uh, you know what it keeps me out of trouble? Because you guys are all here, and you're looking at me like you think I'm something. And I know I'm nothing, but you think I'm something. So that gives me uh, the conviction that if I mess up, I'm going to mess you up. And if I mess up you up, then God's going to mess me up. So I'm not going to mess. You know, this is the safest place to be. This is where you need to be. It's a blessing. Mike left yesterday. They went on vacation. Uh, Rich and uh, Shelly's on vacation. And Mike, Mike or uh, Ruth called. Uh, I don't know about Mike. Maybe it was just Ruth. Ruth called looking for a church in Missouri. Maybe she's going to make Mike go to church this morning. I don't know. But, I, or, or Beth, but she just called Ruth, so I, wouldn't, I really think Mike wouldn't probably call Beth looking for a church. But <coughs> it was a blessing they were looking for a church. <coughs> I don't know why they're looking for a church. They can stay in a room and just turn us on. They can watch us. But in, in any case, well, there might be an hour difference, so the, by the time they get up, we'll be off, but it should be online there somewhere. Uh, although he does not, the Lord tells, tells Jacob explicitly what to do. And he tells us what to do. Brethren, our problem, the problem we have is when we start doing it our way and not his. Uh, the conflict is always going to be there, uh, and we'll get, it'll, it'll be turmoil inside uh, because then we think we fail. You never, you never really fail like you think you fail. Uh, it's the devil trying to get your flesh to do something else. You're already a child. If you're saved in here today, you're already a child of the king. You're saved. You're a son of God. Uh, you were bought with a price. Uh, the, the, the problem is glorifying him, 
says, therefore, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify. The hard part is giving him the glory. And you know what giving him the glory sometimes is doing what is right, whether you feel like it or not. Doing what is wrong when you know it's wrong is always wrong. You always should do what's right. So now, Genesis 34. Look at that. I told you we're going to get to Genesis 34. You didn't believe me, did you? Here's where the mess comes in. Jacob, Jacob, it never changes, brother. The story's the same. It's, not the, it's no different in the Old Testament as it is today. Uh, he said, uh, Brother Gibbs said that this week. He goes, it's, uh, it's amazing how close we are to exactly what's going on. I was listening to Aiden Roger, a message he preached on something. And he was talking about the second coming of Christ. He said, I dare not tell you what the second coming of Christ is or when it is. He said, but boy, you're right in the middle of it. He said, you're, you're, everything is, is building up. And he used as it was in the days of Noah. Everything is building up at such a rate that, that you're sitting right where the Lord's going to come back. And guess what? If he comes back and you're doing what you want to do or you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, uh, you're going to be caught off guard and that thing's going to happen. Guess what? You're still going to go. Uh, you're not going to be left behind, but boy, you're going to sit there. And I, I, I tell a lot of people sometimes I, I think they're going to go up feet first instead of head first. And they're going to they're going to be holding on to what they're holding on to the ground, and their feet's going to be sticking up in the sky. And the Lord's going to be pulling them, and you'll see them stretching out because you have a, a new body, man. You'll stretch out until you finally let go of the thing because this ain't going with you. You ain't going to take this thing. Genesis thirty four and Dinah, the daughter of Leah, uh, the only daughter he had, was she bare unto Jacob. Went out to see the daughters of the land. Uh, and when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dinah, uh, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved her, loved the damsel, uh, and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father, Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. And Jacob heard uh, that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were with the cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace uh, until they were come. And Hamor, uh, the father of Shechem, went out unto, meet, uh, unto Jacob to commune with him. And the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it. Uh, and the men were grieved, and they were very wroth, because he had wrought folly in Israel in lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to have been done. Hamor, Hamor comes after his son done messed up. Hamor's trying to straighten the situation out. And you can't really straighten the situation out uh, once it's done. It's already a mess. Uh, you can correct some things. You can go through. And, brother, that's what we've done. Anybody in this world has problems. This is one problem right here. The world is full of problems. It's not just this one. It's tons of them. Uh, and once you mess up, guess what? When you go the wrong way, you're setting yourself up for a mess. Jacob should have went with Esau, his brother. The Lord already worked the thing out, and the fellowship was there. Esau was not mad at Jacob. Esau had 400 people to help protect him. Esau, why do you think he came with 400 people? Because he knew that there was a mess in the land. And if you go out there by yourself, there's a really good chance you're going to get killed. So he takes 400 people. Why 400? Because you want a whole bunch of people with you because you never know how big the bands are out there that's going to come up against you. So he comes to help Jacob get back to where he belongs. Esau is already over what Jacob has done to him. Esau really don't care anymore. Esau's got his own money. He's got his own wealth. He's got his own family. He's got his own friends. He's got everything. He don't care about what Jacob done. Jacob is still living in the past. And there's where his problem lies. You know what our problem is today? A lot of us still live in the past. 
And that's where your problem. I don't, I ain't got time to live in the past. The future is too coming too quick. Brother, I don't have time. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I should be out street preaching. Lord, I should be out passing tracks. Lord, I should be visiting everybody. Lord, I should be doing this. And the Lord says, did I tell you to do all that? I said, no. He goes, that's because you want to do that. You can't do everything by yourself. That's like Beth, man. I mean, I go over to help her out. She is my wife. <clears throat> and I told her, I said, then she calls me up. I was over at Brother Barry's house yesterday giving him something. And, uh, but he had already asked long before Beth asked any of her. Well, no, Beth has been always. She's got her honeydew list, man. Them honeydew lists. You want a wife, really, guys? Single? You are a nut, man. It's good. But boy, you got a honeydew list that's going to come with that thing. And all of a sudden, she's going to say, do this, do this. So I'm telling Brother Barry. And so I get this lawnmower for Beth. It's a 60-inch blade because I try to be nice to deck. Because we have bushes that hang over the fence, and they hang out probably 25, 30 inches. So now this deck will get up underneath the bushes, and she won't get scratched as she's cutting the grass. Because she needs to cut the grass, because I don't really want to cut the grass. So she calls me and tells me that she done pulled the tire off the lawnmower. I'm like, did you check the air in the lawnmower? Well, she goes, I never thought about that. So she comes down a hill, and she comes around a corner, and when she does, the, the tire just rolls off the rim. And uh, she's calling me there, and, and I'm already out getting parts to fix the sink that she said was broke, and then the other part that was broke, and, and the putting on the laundry the room, had to put all new faucets on the laundry room, and had to do it. Brother, I'll tell you what, man, time, time takes up your entire life. Jacob is sitting here, and he went the wrong If you go the right way, it takes up your entire life. If you go the wrong way, things are going to be interjected that should never be interjected into your life. And this is one of them right here. Dana, uh, his daughter gets raped. <clears throat> She's probably 13 to four, 15 years old, 13, 14, 15 years old, somewhere in that time frame. She should have never, look at him, look at him. He, he let her go out. It says, uh, verse 1, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. What are you letting your daughter go out in the middle of the night for, or in the middle of the day, to a world you know nothing about? Why would you do that? There's a lousy dad is what he was. Uh, brethren, we let our kids run. They're running out there. This, that's why this thing is, this thing is deadly. <coughs> 50 years ago, 50 years ago, if you were a queer, you, nobody knew it. Why? Because the morals of the country was such. So we really come a long way by dropping all those morals off, and, and now everybody can do whatever they want. We've really come a long way. That's a long way. Kids getting killed, kids getting destroyed. Uh, parents don't even know if their kid is a girl or a boy. Why, the school is teaching, well, you, you could be a girl and you just think you're a boy. Well, you know, if I go to the boys' bathroom, I know I'm a boy. No, 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 no. You could be a girl inside, but your body, no, you moron. The, check their X and Y. Well, no, that's science. Don't be bringing science into this thing. I mean, we can do a blood test, and I can tell you whether you're male or female. That's why the doctors go to college for all these years out there. So we've come a long way. That's a long way? Oh, uh, yeah, wrong way. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you what, we sit there and say, oh, it's okay to do this and okay. The outcome, I'm outcome driven. I think if there's a bad outcome in the future, I don't want to do that. I, I look at a lot of things, people say, why are you hesitant on this? Because I know that if I do this, 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 that's going to happen. Have you ever hit your hand with a, thing, uh, with a hammer? It hurts. You know what I will not do? I will not lay my hand down there and hit it with a hammer. I, was, I worked with an Indian guy one time. We insulated houses. And if you go to a house and, and walk into, I mean, we did some million-dollar houses back in the 70s. And when you walk into that house, 
Uh, there would be studs all over the place, 16 inch on center. The, if the framer did his job, you know what? I like working in carpentry. Because when it started, the person that came in with the blueprints had to put the footers in right. And there was enough fudge on the footers that once the block layers or the people pouring the concrete <laughs> walls came in, they set up the forms and everything. And once they set the concrete walls, the concrete walls were going to be within specs. Then whenever the guys coming in, they had to put the floor down and build the house on the, on the walls. They could build the house on it so that when I got down the road somewhere and had to start running plumbing, my plumbing, you never, you always want to get there before the, the furnace guys get there. Because the furnace guys are always going to use what they want to use. They don't care about nobody else. Heating and air conditioning are a bunch of people. <clears throat> they don't care. Plumbers, plumbers need to get in, run their pipes a certain place. The, my house I built over there, the, uh, the guy who designed my house sent me the plans. We finally got everything together. He said, Mike, I'm going to tell you something. I said, what's that? And he, he said, go to page so-and-so, and I did. And he goes, see this little spot right here? I said, yeah. There was two two to six walls that intersected. And he goes, that is a six by six square right there. You cannot let anybody put anything in that path of that six by six square. From the basement all the way up to the roof. I said, why? He goes, that's your stack. The only place in this house that stack belongs is right there. That's a 5,400 square foot house. That's six by six on the first floor and the six by six on the second floor and the six by six on the roof, on the, on the trusses upstairs and going through the roof. You know what the heating guys did? Blocked that sucker right off. Out of that whole house. You know what I did? I went in and ripped their stuff and threw it in the floor. And I put my stack up to it. When they came back in, I said, and you can't put it back there. They go, why not? I said, because you can't have a sewage line or vent inside of a heating duct. But you know what I liked about all that? By the time I got to hanging insulation, every stud, most of them, were 16 inch on center. So the insulation I had was 16 inch on center, or 15 inch, and it went right between the walls. Then you had to pull the little flap out. And if you're not used to doing this, you got two hands. And you got a hammer and stapler in this hand, and you got your fingers here. And you pull that flap, and you go, ba 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 But inevitably, the Indian guy, in his wisdom, you ever seen me smoking peace pipe? Me tell him you what to do. Me going, that's the way this guy was. And he goes, Mike him. I'm like, yes him. And he goes, stick your hand on the table him and smack it with the hammer. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. He goes, you will do that. I said, no, I won't. And sure enough, I would. You'd have a staple, four or five staples in your hand. Before you get the rhythm of getting your hand out of the way before you hit it with a hammer. Uh, I don't like that stuff, man. You don't do that stuff. Uh, you know what, that I, what I learned in that? You stay very proficient at what you're doing so you don't continue hitting your finger. The new guys all hit their fingers. Dinah should have never been let go out there by herself. There's a consistency in our life that we don't do, and we refuse, and we still refuse to do it. We think we're getting better, brother. We're getting worse. The country, the morals of the, forget the morals. The way people do stuff, they think, well, I'm open-minded. You're an idiot. We're foolish if we open-minded. We just let people do whatever they want. No, they're going to do what they want to do, and, and Haymore is the perfect example, and Shechem's the perfect example. You know what young people do? You know what men do? I don't care if they're 90. I've seen 80-year-olds. There's a bunch of stinking perverts all over the place. 
Oh, perver perversion's okay. We have now said that perversion's no. Just because we got a president of the United States in there doing his crazy, stupid stuff, and he lets his sons do their crazy stuff, and he thinks he should agree with everything that's, that doesn't make transgenders right. That doesn't make thieves right. If somebody break, there's a you go out and defend yourself, and they they lock you up, and put you in prison, and let the person who did the wrong thing go. Oh, you can't kill somebody because they're stealing. Why? If they come into my house and still, how do I know what they're going to do? How do I know how far they're going to go? You don't know that. So you should be able to, but if you do, it's everything. The tables are all flipped upside down. And they're training our kids to think that's normal. That is not normal. It's the gun's fault. No, it's not the gun's fault. It's the person who pick up the gun. You know why they want to get rid of your guns? Because they want to make sure they can control you. And the moment they control you, the people who want to get rid of the guns... They are not the usually the company. You know, I like a lot of the guys who have guns and ladies. I like ladies who have guns, man. Some of the ladies, I, I, I keep, every time I say that, I, I'm, I'm over in Israel. And uh, I get off the ship. We got seals and everything on it, and we're going through the town. And I'm telling you what, here's these ladies. And they're all in green fatigues. They look like army guys, but they're ladies. And they're long, black, dark black hair. I mean, beautiful girls, man. Got an Uzi hanging off the back of them like this. I mean, it's like, I like that, man. I like that. I, like that. I mean, I like a girl that could, that could give you a punch back if you want to punch. I said, that's a girl. I mean, da -da -da -da, put it back, reload, and they're good to go. Uh, and they're smart. We came through, uh, we went over to Israel. I took a bunch of kids over there, and we were coming back, and my daughters all load their stuff up in my bags. And, and I, I go to the, the counter to get back on the plane out of Israel, come back home. And they see these jars of liquid about this big in there, mason jars with lids on them. I, it looks like bombs. I mean, it's like, it's, I, I got them. I, so they call me over there. And this lady's looking at me, and she says, sir, are these your bags? I said, ma'am, no. Yes, no. Kind of maybe. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I got four daughters. About that time, she gets a smile on her face. And I said, we were sitting at the table the other day, and they started loading all their stuff in my bags and their bags and everybody's bags. I said, all four of those bags are ours, and what's in those bags, I have no idea. She said, Get on the plane. See you later. Bye. <laughs> she, you know what? She, she, she was trained to reason in her mind. This guy is not a terrorist. And she looked at me and said, this is a dad with a couple girls and a couple other people. And she started laughing. And I got on the plane. I get into France. Getting on a plane to come back to America. A big, white, fat guy. And back on the, on where the gate thing is here, there's an Arab back there. I got a ticket, one leg to an America. Let me in, let me in. And they pull me off the side and run me through everything thinking I'm a terrorist. I'm a big, fat, white American. What, what part of me looks like a terrorist? That looks like a terrorist. They probably let him right on. And these, everybody's going by me like it's nothing. That's your France. That's your European. Why do we want stars stinking bucks? Why do we want to be like them? You know what your problem is? You've never been there enough to see what they're like. I've been over there a lot. Six months in the Mediterranean, six or seven months in the Mediterranean, you get a good taste of what they're like. They're normal people like we are. I don't hate them, but their way of life is not what you necessarily want. Uh, I got off the ship. I'm on shore patrol, E6. I've got a bunch of guys working for me. And uh, they sent me out and they said, Elliot, you're going down to the beach. I said, no, I'm not. They said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. You're shore patrol. You've got to go out there. I said, I'm not going to that beach. 
They said, why? I said, it's a nudist beach. And I said, if you think I'm going down to that beach, you're out of your stinking mind. Amen. Good for you. And uh, so he goes, okay, you can go up to the USO. I said, fine, I'll go to USO, man. Let them other idiots go down the beach. <clears throat> Somebody had to go beach because we got stupid sailors on the beach. Probably there's some other guys down there too from the military, but anyways, they, we had to, it, wherever our sailors were, we had to have presence. So I'm up in the USO. You think that's safe? The lady in the USO starts chewing me out. She goes, why aren't you down to the beach? I said, I don't want to go down there and look at naked women. You guys are too stiff. You Americans are too stiff. I'm like, no, I'm not too stiff. I just don't want to look at naked women. Brother, you know what humans are? That's human nature. You know why they're that way over there? They're like 10, 40, 50 years ahead of us going down the tubes. When you think that stuff is normal, you're already down a tube somewhere. Uh, boys with boys and girls with girls, that is down the tube. There's something wrong with it. I, I was in the Navy. I, all my stories are Navy stories, so I was in the Navy. They, know they sent me to this thing. And I said, here, uh, what do you think about Navy women in the Navy? I had a bunch of chiefs mad at me. I said, put two women on one island. Find, find three Gilligan Islands out there somewhere. Find three islands, put two men on an island, put two women on an island, and put a guy and a girl on an island to hate each other. I mean, find two people that could not stand to be on the same island together and put them on that island and come back in 40 years. And what you're going to do is you're going to find two skeletons over here and you're going to find two skeletons over here and you're going to find a bunch of kids over here. That's what you're going to find. And you know why? Because that's natural. Uh, human nature is not natural. We won't do the natural thing, but yet our schools have taught us we have went generation after generation after generation teaching the wrong thing, and now we're at a place where we're being taught the wrong thing, and we think we can send our kids out into this world by themselves, and that's what's going to happen. You think this thing is Old Testament? Just It's Old Testament. You don't need to read it. I hear people say, it's Old Testament. You don't need to read it. Yeah, but that law, it's all, that has nothing to do with the law. That has to do with a dad letting his young daughter and a mom doing the same thing. Let them run out here in this world like it ain't going to happen to them. It will. <laughs> it will. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. It will. Why? Because I was there too one time. Well, you were there. Why can't we? I'm trying to protect you from going. You know, some people that you have to deal with baggage for the rest of your life. Some people have a very hard time letting go of stuff that happens. The Lord, I like First, I, uh, I like first John 9. I hate it when somebody tells me that's, that's John. And that's Old Testament. He, that's to the Jew. No. He said that your joy may be full in verse 4 has nothing to do with following the law. It has to do with joy. You want joy? I'll tell you how to get joy. You go to, take your Bibles, go to John. If something happens in your life, 1 John, 1 John. If something happens in your life and messes you up, man, you just got to let go of it, man. I got all kinds of stuff that if I sit there and, and dwelt on what was there, I'd be a nutcase. Yeah, I don't want to be a nutcase. Verse, uh, uh, I got two minutes. I'll read the whole chapter. It's only 10 verses. No, I'll shut up. That which was from the beginning, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. That's Jesus Christ. For the life was manifest, and we have seen it. And bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And that's really, brethren, you know, you got to choose who you're going to fellowship with. Uh, that ye may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. 
And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. There's the key. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's your joy. You got joy today? I got the joy, 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 joy down. Do you really? I sing the song. I got the joy, 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 joy. That's what most people sing that. I said, uh, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, that's what we say. And walk in darkness, that's what we do sometimes. We lie, you stinking liar. We lie and do not the truth. Don't you love your Bible? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And guess what? You'll see how messed up you are. <laughs> and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Why? You can now see it. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We're all messed up. And the truth is not in us. But if, if we confess our sins, there's the key. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Jacob sent his daughter out there, let her go out and do the wrong thing. <clears throat> and, I mean, it happens billions of times, millions of times on the planet. I, every time I read my Bible, I think the Lord has said, you know, how many people out on this planet right now uh, are being abused and being, being in all kinds of stuff? I mean, it's hard telling uh, what kind of stuff is going on on this planet right now, this moment around this planet in different parts of the country and the world. And uh, I'm like, Lord, you, you pulled me out of all that. And I said, man, I, I haven't been around that for a long time. Why? Because I chose the group I want to hang with. And if I don't have a group that want to hang with me, then that's fine. When I was in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm done. I was, I was in Norfolk, Virginia, and I was going to, I got a set of horses. I didn't ask, you know what? I never asked anybody to go to Bible college. You can't tell me to go to Bible college, nor can you tell me not to go. I didn't ask you. I don't care what anybody thinks. I care what the Lord thinks. Me and the Lord fought about that thing for a couple years. He made me do a couple things. I get a set of orders. I'm in Road to Spain. I get the orders. I come back to Norfolk, and I tell Beth, I'm going to Bible college out of PBI. I'm not going down there. I heard they wear pants. I said, good. You can stay in Norfolk. I'm going to Pensacola. And since I'm a chief, I'm going to take my money with me. I'm going to take my BAQ with me. I'm going to take my furniture with me. I said, i got to have a place to live and stay. You can stay in Norfolk. You better figure out how you're going to eat. She goes, okay, I'll go with you. It was amazing how fast she got into the, the spirit of the thing and just went right with it. You know what you just do? You go where God tells you to go, and he opens the door, and you just go. I've had joy for, I mean, there's days when I don't feel good. But I tell you, overall, for 43 years, I've got some joy that just goes unspeakable. And I don't have to go back and worry about what happened back in here because the Lord already knows all about this stuff, and he already forgave me. It's already gone. Forget it, man. Let it go. Uh, you know what you need to do is say, I'm going to go forward. You know what Jacob did? He's allowing some stuff to happen, and he continues down the same path, doing the same thing, and the things are getting worse. In a few seconds, he's going to have a couple of boys mess up bad. And they're both going to lose their blessing because of what they do. They're going to be taken right out of the picture because of what Jacob did. Brethren, we don't need that. Fathers, we don't need to be doing that, man. We need to be a little more protective on what we do. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the true stories in here, Lord. They're just as plain as they can be. I love them. Uh, Lord, they're, most of them are about me and how bad I am and how messed up I am. But, Lord, how great you are and how merciful and uh, kind and gracious you are toward us. Lord, uh, bless this morning. Thank you for it. And we'll praise you in, all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> La, dun, dun, dun.